Surely. Amen. Would you welcome Susan Tidwell to the platform tonight as she comes? It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. I want to start out saying, um, regarding Bud Middleton, I've heard the jokes that have been made toward him last Wednesday night and uh, from others in, at, from the pulpit. And I would just want you to know, Bud, I would never say anything bad about you because you give out the best chocolate in front as people come in. So I'm on Bud's side. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, tonight I'm just going to go right into it because this has been a heavy word um, on my heart. I have struggled with this word. I have fought battles of the mind with this word. And so I know that it's for somebody here to receive this word tonight. And it's called prayer in crisis. Um, I... A couple months ago, I received, uh, somebody in the church had sent me a minister that they wanted me to listen to on the internet. And normally when people gives me things, I'll eventually listen to things. But at first I might place it in a drawer or I forget about it for a season. And so I wrote the name down, I put it in a drawer and it suddenly came back to my attention, this, this minister's name. And so I did get on the internet, and the first sermon that I listened to him about, he was talking about prayer in our crisis time. And isn't it just like God? Because he has a timeline for everything in our lives. A few weeks ago, the Lord brought this minister's name back, and... This particular message really stirred my heart and to the point that one morning while listening to it a couple weeks ago, I was getting ready for work and the, the Holy Spirit and the conviction power of the Lord fell upon me. And all I could do was weep in this word to the point I didn't even know I was going to make it to go to work. I didn't know if I was going to be able to go. Um, but I did make it. So I had to, through this message, I had to, and God was having me to, examine my own life in prayer and how I handle crisis situations. And I have to tell you, I haven't passed the test with that. So when Randy asked me to speak I knew immediately, Lord prompted me, this is why you listen to this, it's for this time. But even knowing the direction God wanted me to go, like I told you before, there's been such a heaviness come over me, and I have wrestled, and I mean literally wrestled, and I've talked to Rhonda about here, about getting up and even speaking this word, there's been such fear that I have never experienced come over me. And I have been under an all-out attack by the enemy. Have you ever been in an all-out attack by the enemy or a crisis in your, in your life? On two occasions, I had my phone out, 
And I was ready to call Randy and to tell him, I, I just can't do this. I can't do it. But the Lord sent me in one week's time three confirmations on this word that I know that this word is for now and that it's for tonight. And I believe God wants to speak specifically to those who are going through crisis situations in their lives and that how we pray can either lead to victory or defeat. So what is the definition of a crisis? It's a time of intense difficulty, trouble, or danger that could change the future events for the better or even for the worse. No one is exempt for crisis times. And where we're going to, um, the chapters that I'm going to reference is 1 Samuel chapter 29 and 1 Samuel chapter 30. I'm not going to read these verses. I'm just going to kind of give an overview to get to the point that God wants me to bring out tonight. But it's a familiar story about David who had many crises in his life. And here's just a few of many. He killed a bear and a lion with his own hands. And you have to remember, uh, as I studied this, David was a small man in stature to be able to do this with God. He killed Goliath, who stood 10 feet tall with a sling and five stones. And with God, he averted King Saul's attacks to kill him because of the jealousy that he had of David. But despite the crisis times David had, he still knew, was known for his passion for God, as well as being blessed and favored by God. At the age of 15, one of three times, he was anointed in preparation of becoming king. He was very gifted in writing as we see in Psalms, and playing music that had the power to drive out evil spirits. And also, he built musical instruments. So, let's go to chapter 29 first. We find David, followed by his army, running from Saul into Philistine territory out of fear of being killed. The Philistines were known enemies to Israel. So it was odd that here David, in this place, would befriend a Philistine person by the name of Achish, a noble man with high ranking in the Philistine army. So although David's motive in this friendship was partly due to a plan to further advance him to be the king of Israel, David found favor with Achish and did all that Achish asked him to do. In fact, it was Achish that gave David Ziklag where he moved all of his soldiers and families estimated to be around 600 persons or more in all of their possessions. With war between the Philistines and Israel approaching, David and his army had agreed to join forces with Achish and the Philistines to go to battle against Israel, his own people. So the day before the war began, it's a traditional thing before battle that the soldiers march in front of the generals um, over them. 
And during this possession procession, the David and his army was the last to go across in front of the generals that day. So once Achish's superior had seen David and his army, he said, what is this Hebrew doing here? And David and his army are our enemy, and he cannot fight with us. David was a little bit caught off guard, and Achish tried to hold up for David, but the generals told them that, David, you've got to get out of here. You've got to leave. And if you don't leave by sunrise, basically, I'm going to kill you, you and your army. So moving forward to Samuel 30, we find David and his army on their way back to Ziklag to their families. David had no idea that he was about to experience one of the greatest crises in his life. And as they entered Ziklag, David found that the Amalekites had invaded their camp and taken everything. All their families, food, animals, and every possession were captured and then Ziklag was burned to the ground. This is a familiar story. So as anyone would be, David was deeply distressed and his armies wept until they had no more strength to weep. And if that was not enough, Dave, on David's shoulders, his armies that had followed him, that had loved him, and wanted him to be the king of Israel, turned on him and blamed David for what happened and spoke of stoning him. So here's what I want to draw our attention to tonight on two verses in chapter 1 Samuel chapter 30. In verses 6 and 8, David did something in prayer that was the turning point in his crisis. I've read these verses many times, but I want to tell you that I have a greater understanding tonight of them and how we should approach God in prayer, specifically during our crisis. Verse 6 says, Now David was greatly distressed. This means he was weak, he was weary, he was devastated, and ultimately not in a place of faith in his crisis. The Bible says the first thing that David did was that he strengthened himself in the Lord before he inquired of the Lord. So this means David knew that he had to bring himself to a place of faith before he asked anything of God. This brought me to think about the many times that I have inquired in God before strengthening myself in faith. Times that I've said, what am I going to do? Have you ever been there? Or why are you letting this happen to me? I give up. Often we inquire of God depleted, not in faith, and then we turn around and ask him to move. We need to strengthen ourselves in the Lord first and stir up our faith before 
we should inquire or petition him. So how did David strengthen himself in the Lord? What does this mean? Well, he probably strengthened himself through his own writings. Psalm 77 says he remembered me in my days of trouble. Psalm 71 says you have been my deliverer. Remembering you saved me from the bear. You saved me from the lion. And you were with me when I faced Goliath. Psalm 40 says, you have heard my cry. You have set my feet up on the solid ground. You have steadied me. You have put a new song in my heart. And you have performed many wonders. Let me ask you tonight, has God done anything for you? Deuteronomy 7:19 says the great trials which your eyes saw the signs the wonders the mighty hand and the outstretched arm by which the Lord brought you out so shall your God be to all the people whom you are afraid We have to stop being afraid in our crisis and have faith in God's hand Do you trust him or do you not I also believed that David remembered and strengthened himself in the names of God and who God is. That he had been taught through his life. And it could have sounded something like this. He is Jehovah Sikkanu, Lord righteous, pure in action, the moral perfect one, and he is with me. Jehovah Shalom, Lord of peace, calm safety, contentment. Repairing one, and he is with me. Jehovah Megan, the Lord my shield, protecting, hovering, overshadowing one, is with me. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who directs, ever-present, revealing, disclosing one, is with me. Jehovah Rapha, healing, creating, restoring, righteous one, is with me. Jehovah El Roy, Provider, knowing, seeing, giving one is with me. Jehovah Nisi, victorious banner, offensive, advancing one is with me. Jehovah Nagog, predicting, foretelling, omniscient one is with me. Jehovah Elohim, the Lord worthy of worship, incomparable, glorious, all-powerful one is with me. Jehovah just said, the Lord who is merciful, loving, kind, courteous, overlooking one is with me. Jehovah Mekashkim, the Lord who sanctifies, pure, clean, without stain is with me. Jehovah Elyon, the Lord supreme, deliverer, possessor of all that exists is with me. Jehovah Yahweh, the great I am, eternal, self-existent, self-creating one is with me. Jehovah Kadash, holy, pure, undefiled, the uncompromised one is with me. Jehovah El Shaddai, almighty, omnipotent, powerful, infinite in strength one is with me. Jehovah El Roy, the Lord of light, luminous, glowing, radiant in the midst of great darkness is with me. That is who is with me. And I'm telling you tonight, that is who is with you.
Verse 8 says, second, so the second, first thing David strengthened himself in the Lord, and the second thing he did is that he inquired of the Lord, and he asked them, what should I do? So he strengthened himself, he, he, his faith was increased, and so he could now inquire of the Lord and ask him what he should do, and God said, pursue, meaning go get them, and you will recover all without fail. So if David had not strengthened himself first in the Lord, he may have doubted what God told him to do and never recovered all that was taken from him or became king of Israel. So here's what's happened. David listened to God's instruction and went with his army to pursue the Amalekites to get back what had been stolen from them. While in pursuit, and let me tell you this, this is not by chance, this is God. David found an ex-slave of the Amalekites in the desert who was hungry. So David fed him and asked, where is the camp of the Amalekites? And the slave gave him the exact location where David would find his family and his possessions. So when David found the Amalekites, not by chance, they were drunk, they were celebrating, and caught off guard by David and his army. David attacked them from twilight until evening of the next day, and not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who fled on camels. David recovered all. And it is said that all the spoil was far above what that was taken, and it refunded his kingdom for the next seven years. In our crisis... When we pray, we must first strengthen ourselves in the Lord and build our faith in God and who is with us. Then in faith, inquire, petition him, knowing that whatever happens, God has a plan and a purpose. Then we must listen for his direction and trust his direction. And in faith, do what he asks you to do. I really felt I wanted to spend less time on this but give you what the Lord placed on my heart because I, I want to spend more time around the altar tonight in prayer. So as we go to prayer tonight, I want, and I don't want you to think about it, if you've been going through a crisis in your life and you need direction and you need help, I want you to come stand up front. Just kind of spread out a little bit here, but leave some place in the front. In front of these people, I want anybody that's in leadership, pastor, minister, prayer warrior, elder, I want you standing in front of these people. And if you would turn and face them.
The next thing I want you to do is everybody in this building who has been in a crisis and know what these people are experiencing and the doubt and the fear that they may be experiencing to come stand behind them. If you in crisis could just move forward just a little bit, we'll get everybody around you. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to model these two verses regarding prayer. Where, where David, what he did in prayer in his crisis. For the next five minutes, I want everyone that is up here, I want you to praise the Lord. And so I want you to strengthen yourself in the Lord and build your faith. Remembering who God is. Remember the things he's done in your life. He, that he never has left you. He never has forsaken you. He lives within you every day. And he is God. Your help, your strength, your hope, your peace, and your ever-present help in times of, st of crisis. Go. Lord, we thank you, dear God, for who you